you touching anything, let alone a fingernail you found. But you know found. what? If I was there and I was in the zone and I'm trying to investigate things, I'd be picking up the fingernail. I'd but be like, what is this? But that could be evidence of a crime. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You're absolutely right. God. Hello. Welcome to Guides to the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And this week, we're going to talk about Skinwalker Ranch, an oft-requested topic. Yeah, it's been a long time coming, but we're finally here. Yeah. We have finally packed our bags and traveled to Skinwalker Ranch. That's right. So Will is going to talk about kind of the the facts of what Skinwalker Ranch is. And then I'm going to talk about some ghost TV shows that have visited there and what they found when they went. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because even trying to research the true story, I've got multiple sources that tell the events, but it seems like they've all sort of got that game of telephone thing going on. You know what I'm talking about? everything, yes. Yeah, people being like, yeah, this animal's eyes glowed orange. No, they glowed red. No, they flowed green. They flowed green, <laughs> if you've listened to previous episodes. <laughs> flowed green. <laughs> That's from the Haunted Disney episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, I think, to, to try to dig into it and figure it out. Um, yeah. But real quick, before we sink into all of that, if this is your first guide to the unknown, Kristen and I are a sibling duo. We're all about spooky stuff with an emphasis on pop culture. This podcast comes out every Friday on all major podcast apps. There's a YouTube version that you can watch if you go to youtube.com uh, slash talkbomb. Uh, please consider subscribing. Check out our past catalog. We've done 130 plus episodes all about urban legends, uh, hauntings, spooky movies, curse movies. Yeah. Uh, it's super fun. You can get all of these things and more by going to gttupod.com where you can find links to our Patreon, to merch, stuff like that. Have a spooky good time with us. Yeah. Uh, but here we go. Skinwalker Ranch. All right. Kristen. So I want to call this out because we sort of talked about skinwalkers, which are yes. their own horror topic, way back in episode 62 of Guide to the Unknown, which was titled Skinwalkers and the Monsters, because we used to do two topics in one at the time. Bonkers to me now. It's so crazy in the modern era to realize what we were doing. We covered both skinwalkers and the monsters. And by the modern era, we just mean the modern era era of Guide to the Unknown. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it just makes so much sense to do one at a time. Yeah, it's so weird that we did that. I know. <laughs> but whatever. You covered Skinwalkers. Yes. But I managed to break into your notes to give myself a sort of um, a refresher course. Oh, that's right. Our notebooks are linked. Mm -hmm. So I saw well, your I better notes, delete Kristen. some stuff. I saw what you said about me. <laughs> But so when you wrote about the skinwalkers, um, I, I, I basically took like a sort of crib notes version just to catch us all up on what a skinwalker is mm -hmm. so I can explain skinwalker ranch to you. And at its most basic, a skinwalker is sort of a shapeshifter. Uh, it comes from Navajo uh, culture, and the idea is that it might be a harmful witch who can turn into or take control of an animal. So a lot of people have in pop culture taken the skinwalker concept and turned it into a sort of werewolf mm -hmm. type of idea. Yeah. Um, but if you want to hear more specifically about skinwalkers, go check out episode 62 of the show for the full story. Because, spoiler alert, Skinwalker Ranch has nothing to do, nothing to do with skinwalkers. Oh, yeah. not from the point of view of uh, paranormal entertainment, it doesn't. I'm, I'm sure people have worked it in a yeah. little bit clearer. The name Skinwalker Ranch is sticking around. Uh -huh. That ranch is presently owned by a, a billionaire who has been trademarking over and over the name Skinwalker Ranch because it's known. It's a known entity. Right. So if you've got that place, if you've got this history of paranormal events happening there, yeah. you've got to make the name and the events be one and the same. So I am sure that they have reworked the Skinwalker Walker to definitely be part of this, but it's a little tricky. It's a little tricky. So uh, it's located in northeastern Utah, and uh, as I mentioned, the Skinwalker lore comes from Navajo tribes. Mm -hmm. But uh, this ranch is actually about 400 miles north of Navajo territory. It would actually be closer to where the Ute tribe uh, uh, lived, and the Utes believed that there were certain things about that area that did have sort of mythological properties to them. They believed that, quote, springs and certain waterways were reservoirs of negative power. Hmm. There were evil spirits or evil sprites that would rise up out of the water and drag you in. That's awesome. Which is so scary. 
Now, I've got some weird information in my notes about why this land may have been cursed or why all of the horrible things I'll document have happened in this area. But there is a big conflict here. Well, actually, there are two big conflicts here. One is that the Navajo and the Ute tribes were in conflict with each other. And the other is a conflict between my sources. <laughs> History.com says that the Navajo used the Utes as slaves. Okay. Meanwhile, mirror.co.uk says that the Utes used the Navajo as slaves. I would go with the History Channel. That's where I want to go, too. But I just want to call out that there yes. are these sort of like dueling concepts out there. So it, it gives the impression that nobody could possibly know the truth. Right. Because right? the mirror is kind of like a, a daily news style. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. But and the it history... comes up as a source. Oh, you know? sure. Yeah. And the History Channel would know because they have a series about Skinwalker Ranch that just aired. I, th I think it's done now called The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. Oh, okay. Which I would have loved to have watched if I had known about it earlier but i mean it just it came out very recently like in the last few months yeah their information's got to be more reputable yeah uh either way out of this conflict it's believed that there was a curse put on the land that might be the reason for all of the horrible things that have happened since um but now let's get into the the sort of uh the claims about the area the area from like the more modern perspective now, I've found sources that reference the fact that this area, the Skinwalker Ranch area, also known as UFO Ranch, mm -hmm. by the way. Oh, okay. But that say that this area has been a hotbed of alien activity going back over 100 years. Okay. I have not found many accounts that document anything until the 70s. Okay. Now, that's pretty long ago. Yes, but it's, it's 50 years. It's not 100 years, It's though. half of 100 years. Yes. Um, and here's here's even like uh, uh, one of the, uh, the the quotes here. This is, again, a lot of my information here because it is about aliens and stuff. This is from mirror.co.uk, so take that for what so it's I... worth. But here's how they gloss over this 100-year span. <laughs> as early as 1911, there were reports of strange noises coming from the basin and those living on the ranch reported bizarre sightings. By 1979, these had become terrifyingly common. So vague references to things happening there starting in 1911. Let's jump to the 70s. And that's what everything else did, too. Where right. We start really in the 70s. Right. But maybe something was going on there earlier. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe they're saying that it was just kind of whispers and things like that until the 70s when maybe those whispers create a din I think that, that drew gotta, a lot of attention. Agreed. I think that's got to be what it is. But it still is just interesting to note that yes. like we want these things to feel ancient. Yeah, it seems to make them more legitimate if this is an ancient force. But it's not really any less legitimate no. if it just started in the 70s. I, I, kind for, of, I mean, for sake of argument. I kind of agree, except this yeah. was only like 10 years before you and I were born, you know? Yeah, but still, even if you said that there was like a ton of weird paranormal activity that started in the 90s, but that it encompasses werewolves, UFOs, ghosts, I'd still be impressed by that. It just feels weird for it to be as recent as it is if it's supposed to be like this is like an ancient cursed land. That's that's really all I'm saying. Yeah, I guess if you're selling it as an ancient curse, but nobody's noticed it since the 70s. Right, yeah. That is a good point. I don't know. So I found a uh, an article from the Deseret News. Mm. This is a newspaper. It's from 1978. Headline is, UFO sightings keep Uintah Basin buzzing. Uintah is the county okay. that the, the ranch is in. So the article cites a story from a kid named Dale Wood. He was 13 years old, and he was uh, walking around at 1030 at night when he saw an unidentified flying object mm. in the sky. Here's a quote from this article. He looked up to the horizon and was surprised to see a silver dome-shaped object. It was surrounded by a very intense green light that was jagged like the flames of a fire. Ooh. So it did indeed flow green, yeah. actually, <laughs> to quote our Disney episode. Um, he drew an image of the UFO he saw for the Deseret News, uh, and it looks a hell of a lot like... Real Any quick. UFO you might imagine. Real quick. Yeah. Was Desert News taken? I think Deseret must be. Is that a town name? I don't think that they scrambled up the letters of the word <laughs> desert to just get a new another newspaper in there. Oh, they've already got the Desert News. Deseret it will be. Deseret it is. Shifting the letters on like a fridge. <laughs> yeah. The magnetic letters. Yeah. I've got it. So uh, he drew this image of a UFO for the newspaper, and they printed his drawing of it. And it is a saucer-shaped, 
honestly, it looks a little bit more like the cap of a mushroom. Mm-hmm. It, it It's got a little bit more of an organic sort of quality to it than you would typically envision that metal yeah. silver disc with maybe a glass dome in the middle of it. It really just is sort of like a, a gently sloping mushroom cap of a thing. But evidently, it was a big floating silver object in the sky. And uh, as he described it, it's in his drawing, he drew this jagged fire jutting out all around it, almost as if you were drawing the sun. Wow. Or almost picture a... um Almost picture an eclipse, a solar eclipse, mm-hmm. where it's dark in the center, but the flames are shooting out on all sides of it. That's essentially what this kid drew. Now, this is a 13-year-old kid giving yeah. his account of a UFO. You could dismiss it, except that it was, uh, it was verified by other people in uh. the area who also saw the craft. Uh, so there's corroborating evidence. Corroborating evidence. Uh, by the way, look for all these links in the show notes. You'll be able to read them for yourselves to, to see all of that. Um, from this point, this is where that really became known as UFO Ranch. Hmm. And there were a ton of different things that would happen on the ranch that were definitely associated with what I think of as UFO lore. I'll freely admit UFO stuff is is typically... Uh, a topic that I'm not that familiar with. Yeah, I same. tend to know only like the pop culture representation of UFOs. I'm far more interested in sort of like the ghosty uh, side of the paranormal. Yep, big same. But it's pretty fascinating. In 1992, the Sherman family bought UFO Ranch. Uh, and this is where things really started to kick into a higher gear. They experienced, um, again, sort of like the hallmarks of UFOs, cattle mutilation. Uh, There were cows found in their field with all of the blood drained out of them, although no pools of blood were found nearby. Immediately makes me think, you know, chupacabra. chupacabra, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But they also had crop circles. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Which I think we've talked about briefly on the show before. We did an episode about them. Oh, we did? It was one half of an episode, but yes. All right. But then we talked about them at length. Yes. They were also uh, terrorized by beasts. There was a story from around this time where a gigantic wolf with glowing eyes appeared and tried to take uh, uh, calves away from the farm. Uh. Baby cows. Fighting back, they fired eight shots into the beast, and it withstood each one of them. They chased it away off the property, and it managed to escape from them across the river, and its footprints entirely disappeared. They, on one bank where they had chased the creature, could see its footprints clearly in the ground, then across the river where it had escaped to, no footprints at all. It's as if it had just disappeared into the night air. Or jumped extremely high. Or just, you know. And s- just kept going. Maybe it swam down the river. I I don't know. I, I forgot that we were talking about I came that. up with yet another option that I didn't see pointed out. <laughs> I forgot that they stopped at a river. Yeah, it's okay. tricky. These tricky beasts. <laughs> what a maybe, beast. Maybe it swam away. No, its footprints disappeared. Hard to say. Anyway. Um, I just want to mention real quick, our Crop Circles episode was episode 98, and we did, the whole episode was about Crop Circles, so there's really? a ton of info out there. Oh my god. Yeah. I had that erased from my mind like a, like an alien just stole it right out of my head. Well, maybe one of these beasts from, you know, Skinwalker Ranch just came and gave you a quick scan. Give me a chop. Didn't want us to talk about it. Gave me the, gave me the nasty chop. Mm-hmm. So the Sherman family, they had purchased the uh, the farm in 1992. They very quickly put it back up for sale in 1996. Matter of fact, there was- I an- love that. That's one of my favorite pieces of any sort of paranormal um, evidence yeah. is that I- somebody buys something and sells it immediately because it's too freaky. I just got to get away from this yeah. thing. It was purchased by billionaire Robert Bigelow, mm-hmm. who maybe saw an article about these events in a newspaper because it was shortly after a story was printed about the Sherman's experiences on the farm that he swept in and picked it up. I wonder if he knew he could get it for cheap or anything. Oh, maybe. You know, maybe it was like a very business-like decision. I don't know what the cost of farms are. He bought it for $200,000. I have no idea. I have no idea if that's a lot or a little for a farm. Yeah. Couldn't tell you. Or maybe he loved it. Maybe he was an enthusiast. Maybe yeah. he loved the idea of UFO stuff. Maybe there are, there are, there are farm freaks out there who mm. know exactly and are really dining out on that information. Oh, yeah. Though. So, Robert Bigelow, billionaire, Robert Billiono, <laughs> buys the farm and he immediately sets out to document everything that's going on there. He buys it for the intrigue. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. he is just a UFO freak. Kind of, yeah. So cool. he's going to bring in a bunch of scientific minds who are mm-hmm. going to document everything that's happening on this farm. Sidebar, this prompted an old buddy of ours, 
James Randi, yeah. one of the most famous skeptics in the world, to award Bigelow the Pegasus Award. <laughs> what is the Pegasus Award, you asked? Uh, it is a trophy consisting of a stainless steel spoon bent into a pleasing curve, paranormally, of course. Naturally. And supported by a base of plastic. Uh, this is a quote from uh, James Randi about this award, by the way. Please note that the base is flimsy and quite transparent. I am personally responsible for the nomination of the candidates. The sealed envelopes are read by me while blindfolded at the official <laughs> announcement ceremony on April 1st. Good shade. Any baseless claims are rationalized in approved parapsychological fashion, and the results will be published immediately without checking, without being checked in any way. Winners are notified telepathically and are allowed to predict their victory in advance. What an amazing troll. I know. James Randi is incredible. It's incredible. The Pegasus yes. Award. Obviously a reference to Yuri Geller, uh-huh. who said that he could bend spoons with his mind. And the phrase when pigs fly. Right. The Pegasus Award. So this was awarded to uh, billionaire Robert Bigelow uh, for funding the useless study of a supernatural, paranormal, or occult event. That's incredible. And I'm sure the base of the award being transparent and flimsy is a reference to their so-called evidence. It has worked it all It's in. all perfect. <laughs> it's worked it all It's really in. packed, actually. It's, it's a very <laughs> dense yes. burn. It's a dense joke. Yeah, it is. So um, around this time, uh, a group called the National Institute of Discovery Science, the NIDS, um, came together to study the ranch. By the way, this group does not exist anymore. Disbanded since 2004. Uh, A biochemist named Colm Kelleher, working with the NIDS, claimed to see a large humanoid creature spying on the research team from a tree. Here's a quote. The large creature that lay motionless, almost casually, in a tree. The only indication of the beast's presence was the penetrating yellow light of its unblinking eyes as they stared fixedly back into the light. They fired some shots at the creature, and it disappeared. Okay, so maybe this is the start of talk of skinwalkers and cryptids into this UFO thing. Maybe. Right? That sounds like it's the first thing that isn't just an extraterrestrial or UFO sort of right. sighting. Again, the the skinwalker concept has kind of gotten merged with the concept of a werewolf. Mm-hmm. So working a, an ambiguous beast in here um, heart, starts to, to really gel the name of Skinwalker Ranch with the events on the yeah. ranch. Though it does not, again, have a direct tie back to the Navajo origin of that belief, uh-huh. of that, that kind of creature. So they fired a rifle at the creature and it disappeared. I like the use of the word disappeared because it implies that nobody could figure out where it went. Right. It just evaporated. It just evaporated. Yeah, exactly. Like you don't fire a gun at a thing and it runs away. Yeah. Maybe they just didn't see where it went. That's right. I don't know. A lot of the phrasing here Unlikely. is- Unlikely. Yes. This is, by the way, from history.com, this piece of the information. Um, they found a track from the creature when they investigated where it was that was in snow. It was six inches in diameter with two sharp claws protruding from the rear of the foot like a bird of prey. Hmm. Also cited are raptors. Okay. Now, now, I want to also point out that raptors are not just dinosaurs. Raptors did evolve into birds. Right. Dinosaurs evolved into birds. But still, calling out a raptor, they know what they're doing with that imagery in your head. Yeah, right. They're creating a giant beast in your mind, you know? Right. Again, I'm the more skeptical of the two of us, so I'm coming at it from that bent. But yeah, but give me a little credit. I don't think that there was a dinosaur just I'm not, because I'm less skeptical. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not so much trying to scapegoat you. I'm mm-hmm. more trying to explain why everything I'm saying I'm also poking holes in at the same time. Yeah. Um, the They also say that it was a deep print, so therefore it must have been very heavy. Okay. Which could mean any number of things. I mean, yeah, I mean, it could have been pushing off. Yeah. You know? Um, all right. So here's now again from the uh, the Deseret News. There were many haunting mysteries that happened to the NIDS researchers after they arrived in 1997. One of those still unexplained events involved the mutilation of an 84-pound calf that occurred just minutes after the animal had been tagged by the ranch manager. We were fortunate to get the vet and a full NIDS staff up here in five hours, Kelleher recalled. It was 10 a.m., March 10th, 1997. The ranch manager and his wife had just tagged it and their dog started acting strangely. Mm. They went back to investigate 45 minutes later and in the field in broad daylight found the calf and its body cavity 
empty. What is the reason for this? I don't know, but a 45-minute gap uh-huh. must be the amount of time it would take to kill and empty out a calf. <laughs> well, clearly, I guess. <laughs> it didn't happen four seconds later. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm, yeah. It, alarming? Yes. Yeah. Horrible. Yes. It do- Well, I get their point, though. Like, they just saw it. You know what I mean? It's not four seconds or whatever, but they just, you know, they were just with this calf. They come right. back and it's all messed up. There's so a- that means they, it also means you just cross paths. Right. You were that close. With whatever did this. So I understand the distinction. I, I would be doing that. You were, I, I agree with you, but the, the way that I read this plays less like we were that close and more like it's impossible. And I just don't believe oh. that it's impossible. No, of course it's not impossible. It, I mean, 45 minutes is kind of a long time. A long time. It's all relative, but like, yeah. that doesn't sound... And like an unreasonable amount of time for me to get something like that done. Not that I'm looking to. Yeah, exactly. Well, but we could time you. We could try it. I'm good. Okay. So in this house, we're big fans of Wet Hot American Summer. <laughs> and Allie and I watch the movie and the Netflix series like every few months. There's a great quote from one of the shows where a character goes like, Gene is dead. And somebody goes, "That's I, I just saw him two hours ago. She goes, well, it happened more recently than that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, right. Right, That could have happened. We just saw that cow and 45 minutes later. Right. It was dead. I don't know. Now here admittedly is the, the, uh, the reason why it might be so outlandish. One of the strangest things was that there was not a drop of blood on the animal or on the ground, said Kelleher. Most people know if an 84 pound calf is killed, there is blood spread around. He added, it was as if all the blood had been removed in a very thorough way. That's weird. Mm-hmm. That's obviously weird. If it's an if animal attack, if see, there you go. It's hard not to have that part of your head go. If true, yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, but yes, extremely weird. Extremely weird. Now, that's not the only kind of thing that uh, had happened around UFO Ranch, Skinwalker Ranch, in the nineties. In nineteen ninety-eight, a police officer saw a giant blue light come out of the sky and plunge down into a man-made reservoir near the property. Uh, now I will remind you that I had already referenced the fact that the Ute around the area believed that, uh, springs and certain waterways were reservoirs of negative power. Right. All right. So he sees this light that plunges down into this man-made reservoir. Four years later in 2002, a few guys standing on the shore see a blue and white ball of light do the same thing. It comes out of the sky and bam, plunges right down into the water this time they saw it emerge a few minutes later now shaped differently shaped like quote a belt shaped shaft of light it writhed in the air before zipping away low to the ground and then disappearing over the top of skinwalker ranch that sounds awesome Mm -hmm. now I want to point out shaped belt shaped. Yeah. I couldn't quite figure that out. Does that mean that it was like a loop or does it mean that it was horizontal? And so they're making that distinction or something like the way you would wear a belt. doesn't really matter, but just what a weird description. I know belt shaped is odd. It really, to me, it meant a loop. I pictured almost, um, uh, one of those, the like infinity symbol Uh things. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That like belt that like folds on itself and becomes an, an never ending. loop. Yeah. Um, that's sort of what I pictured, but again, I just went to like a fantastical sort of representation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I don't know. Weird. I don't know what this thing of light would be. So we've got UFOs, cattle mutilation, crop circles, and this floating ball of light. Right. Um, and a creature. Let's not forget. And a creature. And a creature that you shoot at it and it disappears. disappears. Yeah. Um, so now we're going to jump again. Oh, although I do want to call out. I forgot that I was going to bring this up. Mm-hmm. This was a man-made reservoir. Meaning that it was literally a, a contrived area dug out and filled with water. So in a, in a strange sense and from a certain point of view, and this is just me. This is just my interpretation. I'm obsessed with rules mm-hmm. for things. Um, if the Ute believed that springs were places where evil energy uh, might congregate. Right. And if you build a reservoir yourself mm-hmm. in a weird way you are helping propagate a sort of evil, right? Like yeah. you're creating... Yeah, you're, you're like opening a door for it then. Yeah, isn't that kind of odd? Yes. And it made me, it made me, you know, I, for the fun of it, 
Yeah. You can question the motives of somebody creating that reservoir. Then. Yeah, right. What if this was like an evil person who created this reservoir so that the evil could spring from it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just an awesome. accusation I want to throw out there completely <laughs> whoever, baselessly. Whoever created that reservoir. Right. Now we're going to jump again to far more recent times. 20 years later, Bigelow sells to a property magnate uh, named Brandon Fugel, who bought the ranch through a shell company called Adamantium Real Estate. Nobody knew who was behind this for a very long time until recently. Until recently, it was only known that Adamantium bought Skinwalker Ranch and nobody knew who it was. Right. Uh, all of a sudden, all this activity kind of shuts down, at least from away from public view. After the Adamantium purchase? Yes. Mm. Uh, fences are put up all along the property. It is being guarded with cameras. Uh, you are not allowed to approach Skinwalker Ranch. And again, nobody really knew what the deal was in there. But again, it's sort of come out that it was this property magnate, Brandon Fugel. I would love to be a magnate of something, by the way. It's neither here nor there, but... Yeah, I'd like to be a magnate. I would like to be a magnate. Um, it turns out that what they're doing in there is further documentation of what's going on. Admittedly, far more intense documentation of whatever might be happening in Skinwalker Ranch. Uh, they have cameras that document everything that might happen there. They monitor the temperature. They track vibrations in the air. They are taking uh, note of any sound frequencies that are outside uh, the frequencies that the human ear can hear. What? They, so is this like a paranormal buff who bought this place? I guess so. If you are already a property magnate, where else can you possibly go? What are you going to do with all that wealth? Are you just going to have a good time and keep playing Tony Hawk games and you're really excited for the Tony Hawk 1 and 2 coming out? In a couple months, like me? Yeah, you totally could be. Maybe you're you're a Tony Hawk magnate. I'm a Tony Hawk magnate. You own a bunch of Tony Hawk games. I sure do. Yeah, look at you. Look at me. Look at you. Look at me. <laughs> um, or do you take your immense wealth and turn it toward trying to finally uncover the truth behind paranormal events that nobody, nobody has ever managed to find verifiable evidence of? That's awesome. It's kind of amazing. So wait, are they sharing their findings? Is there any information about how or if the general public will find out what they've learned? I'll say kind of. Uh, information seems to come out in drips and drabs. I'm going to leave you here with another sort of um, uh, belief of why all of this stuff might be happening around Skinwalker Ranch. Mm -hmm. But uh, by and large, it seems to me that most of it's pretty closed down still. Um, I mean, one of our listeners in the in the group here even yeah. said that recently they tried to go out to the ranch and there's only so far that you can get. Right, and they're, that's they're just pretty like tight -lipped there. caution signs and things like that. Yep. Um, that's man. Okay, now that's even, pretty. Fa that's an inner circle that I would love to to be able to like get into. Right, like I would love to be able to know of somebody who just spends their wealth trying to figure out the paranormal. That is wonderful. As skeptical as I am, that I could really sink my teeth into. Yeah, I have to tell you, I am more captivated now by that last piece of information than I might be about anything else we've talked about here today. Really? I want to know what the deal is with adamantium, whatever, realty. But you might find out that once you get in there, it's all just the same stuff. What do you mean? It might just be people going like, yeah, yeah, yeah no, we saw, we saw a beast. And you're like, oh, do you yeah, have but, pictures of the beast? But no. I want to know like, the kind of person who's decided to do that. And to, and to what end? Like, right. is this just like, you know, Prince shooting a million music videos just for his own enjoyment? Those the artists formerly out, known the as? No. Is this just for this guy's information or is he doing this as like a service to the world? Yeah. Like, what's going on there? That is pretty interesting. That I would like to know. Because he, when did he buy this? And we haven't learned anything 20, from him? 2016. What the hell's going on there? Yeah. Yeah, so it's been four years. I'm fascinated by That's, that. That is pretty fascinating. That is pretty fascinating. What's he doing with this? I don't he's know. got all this equipment monitoring things, but he's not publicizing it? I guess. I mean, information does tend to, to get out here. So I think, uh, I'm not sure if this guy was working with the, the new real estate magnate or uh, the previous billionaire who owned the property, but there was another theory posited as to what might be the origin of all of this uh, activity mm -hmm. happening around Skinwalker Ranch. And this is what I'll leave you with okay. before we transition into your mm -hmm. uh, uh paranormal group examinations of Skinwalker Ranch? Is yeah. that really what you got? Yeah, the, uh, TV shows. I'm excited about that. Yeah. All right, so there's a Dr. Travis Taylor. This is an astrophysicist who used to work for NASA. 
and he's got a theory about what might be causing all of this. In the 1950s, tests of nuclear bombs were carried out in Nevada, which neighbors Utah, Mm -hmm. and some of the highest concentration of fallout may have happened just 30 miles from the ranch. Dr. Taylor explains, during the Manhattan Project, a few hundred miles away at the Nevada test site, uh, uh, there were above-ground nuclear tests. Dust particles flew around with the air currents and blew them over the basin where Skinwalker Ranch is. Back in the 50s, it's highly likely that radioactive fallout fell on this ranch and some of it should still be there today. It's possible that exposure to radioactive fallout could cause people to have strange symptoms or hallucinations and see, hear, and even do things that might seem abnormal. So like a carbon monoxide leak taken to extremes. Yeah, yeah, a thousand percent. So one of two things for this potential explanation. Yeah. Uh, Maybe that ball of light that people were seeing in the air Mm -hmm. was some sort of nuclear goo that landed down in that reservoir. It's dry there. It's a dry heat. Sure. Maybe all the people who live in that uh, county, the Uintah County, uh, were having hallucinations of seeing things. Again, like I mentioned at the top of this, people claim that things have been going on in that land for over 100 years. But it's not really until the 70s when you start to actually see the effects of it all. Right. And... The testing happened in the 50s. Maybe it took. So maybe that fallout took some time to. Maybe it was developing. Yeah. Although I will also say in that the Deseret News that Mm -hmm. I read to you in that article where they're talking about that 13 year old kid. They do cite how there have been sightings around there of UFO stuff for over a decade at that point. So that Mm -hmm. puts the start somewhere around the 60s. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how long it would take for nuclear fallout to do horrible (laughs) things. I would think not long. That would be my guess. I am not a uh, nuclear scientist. Now, I... Oh, I'm sorry. I've been pronouncing it wrong. Nuclear. (laughs) No, it's nuclear, It's nuclear. Nuclear. People forget about the U. All the time. One of my pet peeves when people pronounce nuclear wrong. I know. It's it's a tough one, for sure. You just have to, like... It's such an obvious one. Yeah. It, it hurts it's a little bit more. to swallow my frustration. Right. Um, I wonder if there's any sort of theory that's taking in the nuclear test, taking the nuclear oh. test into account, but attributing paranormal, actual paranormal stuff to them, saying like, well, maybe, you know, that kind of nuclear damage opens up some sort of portal or wormhole or something like that. So combining That's like factual stuff and metaphysical theory. I wonder if there's anything like that. Yeah, that's very or any basis for that or anything. Yeah. Well, the last uh, uh, lingering scary thing here is that uh, this, this uh, astrophysicist, Dr. Travis Taylor, um, says that he's been told that bad stuff happens when you dig around Skinwalker Ranch. Um, there's a superintendent for the ranch, Tom Winterton, who's been digging around the ranch and said that there could be serious consequences for digging, explaining a few days after I was digging, I noticed I had a goose egg on the back of my head. By the time I let my wife, uh, uh, take me to the emergency room, it had spread throughout my entire head. So maybe there are reasons why you shouldn't be digging around there and maybe radioactive (laughs) like material would be to, uh, blame for something like that happening to you. I don't know. Wow. Um, all I can really say for sure is uh, stay away from Skinwalker Ranch. Whether it's UFOs yeah. or radioactive waste, <laughs> you probably shouldn't be there. Yeah, it's going to Alex Mack you if you get too close to it. Maybe it's a good thing that there are all those signs that adamantium blah, blah, blah blocked everything off. Speaking also, of Alex Mack, he'll turn you into a pool of adamantium. Right. right. <laughs> Does adamantium, is adamantium anything except for the stuff that Wolverine has in his body? I don't think so. I, would, I wouldn't I would be shocked if there's, you know, some sort of an alloy that's actually called adamantium or something like that, but I, the, well, the, no. as far as the world cares, it's, it's Wolverine's bone covering. So more to my point, is there some sort of like awesome nerd who bought Skinwalker Skin Ranch? Like, they're like a big... You know, X Men fan. I guess. And then they bought it and set up all this advanced testing. Good point. I want to get at this person. Yeah, presumably. This is very interesting. Let's get at that person. Oh my god! But there you go. That is uh, that is my half. That is sort of the backstory of Skinwalker Ranch. Excellent. Well, William, before we get into my half, where I'm going to talk to you about some episodes of Paranormal TV that I watched about Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah. William, 
I want to talk to everybody about the Dead Meat podcast and YouTube channel. Absolutely. This is really exciting. Yeah, this is a huge one. It's hosted by James and Chelsea, who are an engaged couple, and they shouted out Guide to the Unknown on their show this week. And so we would love to tell you a little bit about them. Yeah. They have a podcast that comes out every Tuesday and then a YouTube show that comes out every Friday if you go to youtube.com slash dead meat. And they are two things that complement each other perfectly. The podcast talks about any horror media so horror movies horror tv shows whatever and then every friday on their youtube channel they specifically do something called kill count which is taking a look at the death toll in horror movies it's amazing i've i've been like watching a bunch of these since basically they started Mm -hmm. they'll literally go through a single movie and document every single time somebody turns up dead or killed by whatever threat uh, you know, is after them. It's so much fun. Their podcast is great. They, yes. It's it's very sort of like conversational, just like us, which makes it very near and dear to my heart. Right, exactly. But they have guests on, so they have a little bit of a twist. But if you like our very kind of like familiar rapport, you're going to really like listening to Chelsea and James talk as well. I'll go so far as to say that if you're listening to Guide to the Unknown, you almost definitely already know about Dead Meat. This I mean, is a yes. gigantic show and for very good reason. If you do not already subscribe to the Dead Meat podcast, go now. You can find them on all major podcast apps and definitely subscribe to their YouTube channel. You're going to want to check out that kill count as well. It's amazing. They're in the middle of something called Creature Feature Summer, so they're doing a lot of really cool monster movies. It's awesome. Oh, it's so much fun. It's a good time. It's that sort of like that cozy horror that you and I are such big fans of. Um, It's as much about them as people Mm -hmm. as it is about these subjects that they're actually covering. I really feel like people who enjoy Guide to the Unknown are going to love Dead Meat. And thank you so much for uh for them covering Guide to the Unknown on the show. It was so weird to hear them talk about us. Yeah. I know that we'd already agreed to do the promo swap, but it was so exciting and weird to hear them talk about Guide to the Unknown. Yeah, it was really, really awesome. So if you'd like to check out the show on social media, you can find it at Dead Meat James everywhere. And then you can also find Chelsea at Care Bear CC. It's spelled C-A-R-E-B-A-R-E-C-C. Awesome. Cool. Mm-hmm. Go check it out, everybody. Dead yeah. meat. Yes. Enjoy. Become dead meat with them. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Will, I think what's going to happen here is that I'm just going to straight up tell you about one episode of a show. Okay. And then I will just record a solo thing at home by myself to re- to put up on patreon.com slash pod of me talking about the second episode that I watched. Oh, because really? there's a lot to talk about. When it comes to the Ghost Adventures episode where they go to Skinwalker Ranch. I believe it. It's one of the best episodes of the show I've ever seen. What did Bacon's do this time? He did so much. <laughs> he did the most. So I watched Portals to Hell. Okay. Featuring Jack Osborne and Katrina Weidman first when they visited an Airbnb. Not an Airbnb. A B&B in Skinwalker Ranch. Was like, this is great. Taking notes. Fantastic. Let me finish up with Ghost Adventures. Every minute I'm in my computer writing something down. It was so good. And I think it's going to take my whole time here. So go to patreon.com slash GTTU pod on Friday when this episode comes out. And there will be the bonus little mini thing of me telling you about Portals to Hell because we're not going to be able to get to it today. Wow. Okay. All right. right. You're really calling it. This is like Babe Ruth pointing to the stands and saying, I can't do it. (laughs) I don't know what that means. (laughs) Well, I heard halfway. I realized halfway through that sentence that he pointed at the stands and was basically saying, "Like I can do it. I'll hit this home run." You're pointing at the stands and saying, "I can only do one of these two things." I can't do it. <laughs> because it's so rich, this episode. So I, I can't imagine us being able to get to both of them. Amazing. So this is episode seven of season fourteen of Ghost Adventures. It's called Skinwalker Canyon, and it is from 2017. So. I was surprised to hear that there isn't a whole lot of Skinwalker stuff actually involved with the origin of Skinwalker Canyon and that it's more of just a proximity thing. That was that was certainly my understanding, but I will I will certainly defer 
to Zach Bagans. What did he say? Of course. Well, no, it's just it's very this episode was very focused on skinwalkers and like the the creature that they are and how they are kind of conjured up by Navajo witches and stuff like that. And it made me wonder while you were talking. So I might garble this as I'm saying it because I was just thinking of it in the last little while that maybe maybe skinwalkers aren't part of the origin story of Skinwalker Ranch and the area because what he's going to do here is not in the actual ranch. So what you were saying makes sense that people aren't really loud in there, but it's by it's in a canyon very, very close to Skinwalker ranch the entire area has activity yes. that's one of the things that i didn't really get into because it's a little complicated the uh-huh. ranch itself certainly is a hotbed for all of the things that we just talked about but it's really the entire area right all of this area of northeastern utah has been experiencing ufo phenomenon uh for decades upon decades upon decades one of the things that i also want to call out i'm not sure how much you remember about skinwalkers themselves or what we talked about in that episode uh-huh. that old guide to the unknown uh-huh. Part of the Skinwalker story, the Navajo didn't want people to know the story of the Skinwalker because they considered it to be um, a really important piece of their culture and that sharing it outside their tribe would in that way sort of um, devalue that story. And and in fact, you called it out way back then. They said that they felt J.K. Rowling working Skinwalkers into Harry Potter – sort of served to devalue it because all of a sudden people come around asking the Navajo to explain what she meant as if they have any responsibility to tell you anything about what they believe. Right. So to talk about skinwalkers in Skinwalker Ranch is is kind of odd to me. Yeah, it's almost to a degree, not totally like sacrilege in a way. It's something that you're kind of supposed to respect more than joke about or take lightly. Yeah. Which actually factors a little bit into this episode in an interesting way. And also the way I even found out about Skinwalkers beyond having heard that phrase at some point Mm. is that my friends Dave and Bora, who actually listened to the show, told me that somebody mentioned skinwalkers to them who i think if i remember correctly i talk about it in that old episode 80 i think they said that person had navajo roots and they said you're not really supposed to talk about it they kind of mentioned it and they pulled back from elaborating so what happens when zach bagans and crew go to skinwalker canyon is that First, they talk to a guy before they're really all the way into the canyon area. It's a guy who owns a gift shop or a trading post on the Navajo reservation that's right by the canyon. And it's a guy who isn't Navajo himself. But he says something interesting. He is telling Zach about the whole deal around here. And he says that the Navajo aren't going to want to talk to a non-Native American about skinwalkers because it could make something bad happen to them, meaning the Navajo person, that they could die or be really really hurt from talking about skinwalkers to a non-native american and zach in kind of like showboaty form sorts of twists it so he's like the guy says you know something bad could happen or they could die and he's like so we could die if they talked to us about it and the guy's like no 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 it's them who (laughs) could love that in the show yeah they loved it in the show that he was wrong this was an incredible episode. Listen, I don't think this that was I've, an incredible episode. I want to say I don't know why I'm doing Trump hands right now, but it was an incredible episode. <laughs> it's a tremendous episode. Tremendous. I don't think that I've called this out on the episode on mm-hmm. an official guide to the unknown episode yet, but I really do want to say it here and now. We've said a lot about Zach Bagans in the past. This is not unlike things we've said about Stephen King. <laughs> Yes. I've turned a corner. I really, really like Zach Bagans. I follow him on Twitter. He seems like a lovely person from what I can tell. Mm -hmm. uh, And I really enjoy him. I will still laugh at some of the things that he does. Yes. But I've really turned a quarter on this guy and I really like him. I like that they left that in the show that he was wrong. Yes, completely. So the the guy's like, no, 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 not, not to you, to them. And he says, because you don't believe in it. And Zach says, well, I do. I do believe in it. And he's like, no, you don't, or else you wouldn't be investigating it, which I thought was such an interesting point. And yes, an interesting thing to leave in the show. Like, if you really, truly, in your heart of hearts believed that there is some sort of evil creature out there and you're going to pursue it, chasing it, you probably wouldn't chase it. People hunt. They People, do. You, they know, do. you know what I'm saying? That's like, just, the to, just to provide like the devil's advocate argument. 
Which, and that's, I, I don't even think it's necessarily that much of a devil's advocate argument. I think that's a legit argument. People do do go after things that scare them and that could attack them. Right. But I thought it was, it was interesting when it's pertaining to the paranormal. Yeah, yeah. And so that guy makes that point and Zach looks into the camera for a second. He's like, whoa, like kind of like good point sort of thing. Like you got got. Kind of. Right. And his voiceover says that this is an area that he actually doesn't know a whole lot about skinwalkers. He was like, you know, I've done years and years of paranormal research into ghosts and things like that, but I don't really know about skinwalkers. And talking to this guy made him question how wise it is to get into this. Even better. Even better. Because now, well, here's two things. Yeah. One, that's great. Just yeah. as, a, as a point about learning, mm-hmm. right? And realizing that you're wrong about something. It's yes. great to See, not be afraid guy, of that. guys. I know he's goofy, but there's something here. Don't be afraid to learn and get better. Don't be afraid yeah. to challenge your beliefs. Yeah. Learn and grow. It's the only way to survive. Yeah. Um, but it's also fascinating because it also reframes things again to turn him into an underdog again. Now there's danger because he doesn't know what he's getting himself into. Yes. There was so fun danger before because he was chasing something so deadly. Mm-hmm. Now there's fun danger because anything might happen and he's unprepared. Right. So either way, he comes out on top. Absolutely. <laughs> just want to call that out too. Oh, completely. It's still a device. <laughs> no that matter is, what, Bagans comes out on top. It's serving the entertainment of the show, right. but it is still an interesting point to consider. Fascinating. I was into it on both points. Yeah. So speaking of a chase, as he's driving to the canyon with the crew and everything, he starts telling them the story about a legend that on the road that they were on, people have been known to see a coyote with yellow eyes, but then all of a sudden the coyote's keeping pace with the car. You could be going 60 miles an hour and the coyote's keeping up with you so you're like what the hell cool. and then the coyote turns into a man and so they're talking about the fact that skinwalkers are said to be shapeshifters yeah. so that plays right into it and he says that the canyon that they're going to is actually named ojo amarillo which means yellow eyes canyon okay kind of in uh, reference to this legend and story. So they talk to a Navajo man there who says that there's a cave in the canyon where Navajo witches conjure skinwalkers. He says that that kind of witchcraft is called bad medicine. Bad medicine. I know, which I love. And so they are going- I got a fever. got a permanent (laughs) disease. (laughs) It'll take more than a doctor to prescribe a remedy. Is that from the song Bad Medicine? Oh, yeah. Yeah. How do you know that song? Like by lyric. Um, I think it's in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Okay. <laughs> does okay. that explain it? Yes, it does. Thank you. I was just thinking, who does bad medicine? <laughs> who is that? Is that I don't know who that is. It's like 80s hair metal. No, the only piece of trivia I know about it is that it was in a Kevin Smith movie. (laughs) Isn't that all you need? That makes so much more sense. I was really (laughs) surprised because I don't know those lyrics off the top of my head, but I could tell that's what was happening. And I was like, why do you know that? (laughs) Okay. So they are going into these very caves where they say that Navajo witches conjure skinwalkers, but they're taking with them a local skinwalker tracker named Vincent. Mm -hmm. First of all, I love the idea that there's a local skinwalker tracker, but why wouldn't there be if you're in in an area where this like legend is a thing it's kind of equivalent to ghost hunter but it's a little bit scarier is he constantly finding them or never finding them i don't know okay would like to know more about vincent that's a really good question but he's taking a gun in case they see anything (laughs) and zach and crew are a little bit like but also i think they say they're kind of glad there's some protection but i don't know i don't want people popping off in a cave i don't want to be anywhere near a gun (laughs) i would never (laughs) no but um Vincent seems like a pro, so we just take it as it is. Now, a funny Bacon's quote that I don't mean to mock, but I felt I had to keep it in. I'm fascinated by the voiceovers that Zach Bacon's does in the shows, and it seems like the writing is sometimes not great, and Mm -hmm. I don't know how it stays in, and I love it. And so this is kind of that. He said, I feel an impending doom is our immediate fate. And I was like, what? I feel an impending doom is our immediate fate. Mm-hmm. Methinks a Cupid I shall play. <laughs> right. it, was, it was a lot. Strange. Um, so they go into the cave. At, they're kind of, you know, together, but splitting up a little bit. They're exploring a cave. And at one point, they lose sight of Aaron and Vincent around a stone archway. And Zach, mostly in voiceover, says he's concerned that they've entered a portal. And now they're lost in time and space, Vincent and Aaron. Because archways are often doorways to another world and dimension they find them about an hour later but they are both confused and trance-like which is another weird voiceover thing they are trance-like their state is trance-like fine um something seems very wrong and they decide to end their cave exploration because of that something's wrong all right there was lost in time and space yes and so they could have popped out in like the 1830s, for all he knew. 
<laughs> and maybe they didn't. He just doesn't. Re- they don't remember what happened. And a different place. <laughs> they, could have, they could have popped out in Spain in the 1600s. Luckily, they didn't. <laughs> Thank God. Okay. Thank now, God they popped out in uh, Utah exactly the same year they walked in. Well, again, that was lucky. Devil's advocate. <laughs> maybe they're coming back through the archway. Okay. That they left from. Yeah, for you sure. know what I mean? Okay. They, they walked out one door and they came back in that door. Okay. Whatever. Now, here's what really sets this episode apart. I couldn't believe what was happening. They say that they randomly ran into a woman whose name is Walking Thunder, who said that they need to have a ritual performed on them for protection the next day before they decide to go back into the caves. Okay. They show this ritual... And it's awesome. She sings and she uses pigment to draw lines under their eyes. She, you know, does something like she touches their heads and their hearts and kind of chants. They don't really explain exactly what's going on in the ritual, but it's really interesting to watch. Hmm. She gives them feathers that are kind of like bound together, each of them to hold. And then she tells them that she's giving them something that she calls a ghost buster, jokingly. And she says it's a protective herb that you should take because it's going to kind of protect you. And then in voiceover, they say they didn't realize that it was a hallucinogenic. Oh, my God. I think they're telling the truth. This is great. I think this actually happened. I don't have anything to really base on, but just watching what happens on the show, I think this might have actually happened. So um, she also, she comes to Zach. She says, are you the leader of this? Like, it's not supposed to be like a psychic moment. I think she can just tell or whatever from whatever's happening in the TV show. She says, are you the leader? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, okay, when you face these things, if you face anything scary, you need to go, huh, if you encounter anything. Like, a strong stance, pulling your elbows back to your body, fists clenched, huh. Bagans was made this. For comes this. into things later. He was born for it. Um, anyway, as I said, they've taken a hallucinogenic herb and it is kicked in about by this point. And so they say they decide to hold off the, on the investigation for a while because they're screwed up. <laughs> the show starts to do really fun things. The editing becomes fantastic. They put weird effects on their voices. So they're like wavy or deep. So like they're talking about the ceremony they just experienced. And Biggs is like, that was deep, man. They put like colors on either side of the screen with the video in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Biggs with a, an artificially deepened voice must be a real trip. Oh, it was bassy. Um, they start doing all this like psychedelic editing. They must have been thrilled whoever got to do this um he says i feel amazing um he's talking into the camera while they're in the car he's not driving and he says we are in the spirit world god i even look weird because he's like looking at himself in the camera um he says something is not right do you feel that to the rest of the crew nobody's like yeah they're busting ghosts and um he says all i know is that we're warriors navajo warriors just they seem messed up i I think this actually happened they sound messed up i I could (laughs) google it behind the scenes to find out this was all for the show and i wouldn't be shocked but watching this i was like i feel like this is something that could happen right honestly it's not totally outside of the realm of possibility so it it turned out they said in voiceover maybe they did some research or something that it was something called devil's weed and it took about four hours to wear off and that they just truly had no idea she was going to give it to them so they just had to wait it out and they couldn't explore the the caverns right when they wanted to because i think that they thought they would go through the ceremony and now they've had the, the strength of this protective ritual and they can go investigate right. but they had to like chill out in the desert for four hours while they waited for it to wear off that's so wild it's amazing so they do go back into the cave and um they find different things if you're to believe it let's just say all i'm just gonna say all this as if it's completely real they go back to the cave and they find things that weren't there when they were there the day before. Now outside the remnants of the cave, excuse me, now outside the entrance of the cave are remnants of a fire. It's all this ash and stuff. And in the fire is a tiny animal skull, Oh, which Zach picks up and he's talking about, it. he's like, yeah, this is definitely a skull. And then he's like, why am I touching this? And Aaron's like, you're not supposed to be touching that at all. And just very fun, like, bro interaction. Yeah. I assumed that that was going to lead to him saying that he was cursed because he touched the animal skull. I thought this was a planted thing where he's like, why am I touching this? It actually never comes up. Oh, okay. So he just really walked up to a thing and picked up an animal skull. Yes, I admired their restraint. I was really expecting it to be that because Zach touched part of a magical ritual that he was going to be in sort of magical trouble. And it wasn't the case. It's fascinating the ways that sort of like authentic... Um, I don't know, uh, uh, foibles mm-hmm. are part of the show, right? Like right. little I mean, moments it, it that could... are, are like not polished and don't 
only serve the cause of showing badass bros. It still ghosts. could have been in, in service of the show. It still could have been fake because it's cool and weird right. that like, and actually kind of, it reminds me of you saying that they didn't see the calf for 45 minutes and then it was um, drained yeah, exactly. of blood. It was the next day. Yeah. So it is still weird though. I would feel weird. It's weird. Out. Oh yeah. All of these things are weird. Right. But are they impossible? No, there's been a day since yeah. you've been here, mm-hmm. but still it's, it's something and you're talking about rituals and of you're course. finding a fire with a skull in it, which seems kind of ritualistic. Yeah. So they go inside the cave and again, same as the fire outside now on the walls of the cave, which were unmarked previously, there are these ash marks in the cave that weren't there almost like somebody took something burning and touched it to the cave walls and kind of burned the cave walls a little bit um which zach touches again and then is again like why am i touching this um classic ghost adventures thing aaron aaron is talking about how there's kind of a dark energy in some areas so zach is like well this is where we'll leave you alone so that you can experience this scary thing by yourself we need to kick things up a notch we need to kind of draw things out and you being isolated or anybody being isolated is a way for that to happen so they leave him alone in the cave and he and the other dudes go to investigate some other stuff while aaron is alone it's definitely you had to be there sort of stuff and i totally recommend finding this episode it's actually on youtube oh. so if you google or excuse me, if you put into youtube ghost adventures skinwalker canyon the full episode will come up um aaron's freaking out it, it's it's classic fun to watch sort of stuff where he says at one point he hears something and he says that it sounds like a bobcat or something like a witch mixed with a bobcat a, a witch, witch mixed with a bobcat mixed with a bobcat incredible he also says witch go through this cave skinwalker come here and talk to me please (laughs) this is how he summons what talk to the witch and make the skinwalker go away the skinwalker means you harm the witch might be fine that's true yeah well uh, but i guess i guess the thing is that if you are a navajo witch who's conjuring this from my understanding from the episode that you're inherently doing it for like a scary purpose so i guess the witch in this the witch means idea okay Mm -hmm. right exactly so he's in there freaking out and doing that sort of thing. Billy and Zach are kind of going around outside and they smell what smells like a dead body, which Walking Thunder said skinwalkers would smell like. So they're playing up the fact and really mentioning that they smell something disgusting. Vincent, who's that guy who's a skinwalker tracker who came with them, starts playing a drum to try to attract skinwalkers to come out. And Aaron, they cut to his camera and he says that he can hear the drums from a distance inside the cave, which I think is kind of awesome. That sounds very creepy to me. Um, I thought it was really funny that Zach says at one point they hear Aaron very faintly calling to them on the walkie talkie because he's scared. <laughs> um, but and he says, like, you know, Aaron, are you OK? And Aaron seems not to respond. So they just move on. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. stuff to he must be fine. He's probably fine. Um, at one point, Zach, when they're outside, they're, they're now not in the cave. They're kind of just in the canyon. Zach and Billy. He sees animal eyes through binoculars And he points out that, yeah, that could just be a straight up animal out there, obviously. But in this scenario, animals could always be skinwalkers at the same time. So they need to keep an eye on them. And it just made me think how easy it would be to be scared of everything in this place when you know that like okay you can't if you're believing the skinwalker lore just be like okay it's just a coyote in the distance it's like well but that coyote could be one of the skinwalkers any living creature around you might be that threat right you can get yourself all hyped up and he points that out i think in the episode he's like it could be a skinwalker but then again it could just be an animal it's it's hard to figure out in this um, they also decide to try mirror scrying inside the cave. So looking into a mirror and kind of doing that thing where you're letting yourself zone out into it and seeing if anything will sort of appear right before you or use the intention of having the mirror become like a portal for something to come out. And they talk about both hmm. in the context of using it. Um, while they're using this mirror as a portal slash something that they could just see a creature in, the temperature gauges start going nuts on their EMF meters. Plus, something touches Aaron's shoulder, so he freaks right out, unsurprisingly. <laughs> um, they also maybe find a fingernail, which of course could just be a fingernail. Sure. But it could be something that was used in ritual, and it just adds to everything. Well, if it's in a cave too, right? Like it sort of yeah. like gives you the feeling that somebody was clawing their way around in here. Right. Yeah. They're showing it to the camera and stuff, and nah. I, I wouldn't be happy seeing a fingernail in there. No way. But a bit of hypocrisy, because Aaron's touching this fingernail. He's giving Zach a hard time about touching the skull. Let's just not touch anything. That's a good point. Why are you touching anything, let alone a 
fingernail but you, you know found. what if i was there and i was in the zone and i'm trying to investigate things i'd be picking up the fingernail i'd but be like what minute. is this but that could be evidence of a crime <laughs> yeah right yeah yeah definitely you're absolutely right god <laughs> you're absolutely right so the way the episode ends it's really a lot of like most ghost adventures episodes a lot of back and forth between the teams investigating different areas of it the episode ends with them eventually all coming back together but first we see zach and billy kind of going further into the canyon they get in their car and they drive about five miles or excuse me three miles further into the canyon and at one point zach is all alone when he says he hears a growl then Billy, who he's been with, runs up to him, and it was a very fun moment of it. I feel like it would have folded beautifully into them being on their drug trip, but it just wasn't the case, I guess. Um, he runs up to them, and they say they feel a vibration running through them. Oh. They show them kind of on the thermal camera, so it's like pink and like looks a little psychedelic, and it's the two of them being like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Like, do you feel that, dude? Do you hear that? Because oh I guess they heard some sort of ringing or something. And very close to the time that happens, they catch a light anomaly on the canyon, like moving down from far away and coming closer to them. Really? So they feel like this is just like a lot of things happening at once and kind of a, a cool way to kind of cap off the investigation. Um, Zach, oh no, excuse me. So Aaron and the other dude, Jay, who's investigating with them, have been looking for them because they didn't know where they went in the canyon or whatever, supposedly. They find them. And Zach doesn't go far into this. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I took it as though he was saying that he and Billy had missed time. He says, surprisingly, or something like that, some sort of qualifier, when Jay and Aaron find them, three and a half hours have passed. He doesn't then explicitly say, we thought it was five minutes. But the fact that he even pointed it out made me think that that's what he was implying. Right. Well, also the fact that he doesn't dig into it further allows you to fill in the blanks mm -hmm. and say they experienced lost time. Right. Right. Like yeah, not you drew that conclusion. It. Right. Right. They give you enough to lead you there, but they mm -hmm. don't verify it themselves. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. So Aaron and Jay catch up with them. And when they get there, they say that they are smelling that rotten smell, too. So that must mean that skinwalkers are somewhere in the area. And that's where we leave the episode. That's interesting. Well, also... It was a good one. That's also the kind of thing that... Uh, Property magnate Brandon Fugel, who now owns Skinwalker Ranch, is looking for, right? Mm -hmm. If they experienced vibrations. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that he's been measuring. Vibrations in the air. Sound I wonder frequencies. if Zach Bagans has tried to get in touch with that guy at all or anything. I would have to assume he has. Bro to bro. Right? Yeah, exactly. Bro, let me in, bro. Man to man, investigator to investigator. <clears throat> yeah. I would love it if they teamed up. Presumably, property magnate Brandon Fugel has seen that episode. Right. I would imagine if he owned that place because he loves looking into this stuff, I would imagine he watches all the episodes of everything. He was probably watching them film it from afar. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I just want to know. Seriously, I'm so intrigued by that angle of this. The purchase of it yeah. and what's going on. Well, maybe he'll maybe he'll finally start to like let people know what's going on out there, publish some stories in a newspaper. Maybe the let's say the the Fugal Bugle. <gasps> maybe he can yeah. start his yeah. own paper. I was about to say the Fugal Bugle. There you go. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Everything I was saying was just trying to get around to saying <laughs> the Fugal Bugle. It was worth it. Yeah. It was worth it. It was a long trip. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, there you go, everybody. That's, That's Skinwalker right. Ranch. Yes. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly enjoyed it. And as a reminder, I'm going to have a little mini, mini, I don't even know what to call it, episode, audio clip of myself talking about the Portals to Hell episode at Skinwalker Ranch on patreon.com slash Pod. So if you sign up there for $4 or more per month, you'll be able to hear that. You'll also be able to get our bonus episodes that come out on the 13th of every month. There's a whole separate secret podcast over there called the Netherworld Dispatch that you can get in your podcast player when you sign up at patreon.com slash pod plus all kinds of extras. Matter of fact, just a few days ago, we mm -hmm. pushed out a new episode. Every month on the 13th, we release a, release a brand new episode of the Netherworld Dispatch. So just a few days ago, we released an episode called Death and Cameo. Yes. It's a very unique episode where Kristen and I are in the car, on the road, having a, a really um, legitimate conversation about our shared traumatizing yeah. experiences in life yeah uh motivated absolutely. by a, a thing that happened just recently so you get sort mm -hmm. of like little sneak peeks into us as people in our lives and yeah a lot more bonus spooky material all on patreon.com slash gttu pod that's right so definitely go sign up 
Again, for the Netherworld Warrior level, that starts at $4 a month. You can change that for into whatever you want. You're going to get all of this extra material. Um, if you uh, back us at the $1 level, you get nothing. If you back us at the $15,000 level yeah. for Sinister Sugar Babies, you also get nothing. But that's an inside <laughs> joke uh, that you can find on a previous episode. Yes. And you can find that inside joke if you look at that Sinister Sugar Baby level. There's a timestamp of where you can hear us talking about that so you can know what the hell's going on over yeah. there. Hey, maybe you are a property magnate like Brandon Fugel and you're just interested in the paranormal and you want to back us at $15,000 a month. If Brandon Fugel backed us as a sinister sugar baby, I don't know what I would do. I think that you and I should maybe put something out there that only sinister sugar babies can see. Our real beliefs about the paranormal, locked, will never mention them anywhere except on the sinister sugar baby tier. So if you want to know the truth, you have to back us there. Do you have secret truths about your feelings about the paranormal? I'm thinking it'll probably just be a file that says, I don't know. Yeah, because I don't. I think I've exhausted my... I think that we should make one post Mm, that's for the Sinister Sugar Babies and no one will know what's in there. Enticing. Unless they are eccentric property magnate billionaires. Okay. Okay. Yeah. One solitary post. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Available to Sinister Sugar Babies. I'm fine with that, except it goes a little bit against... The premise of what's going on for the Sinister Sugar oh, Baby. That's because true. it's a it's a play on fin doms, financial domination, pay pigs who like to pay money to people and get nothing in return and be mocked for paying all that money and getting nothing for it. So actually it kind of works against it. Then maybe it's a, a post that when you open it just says what you were expecting us to say something, you useless worm. <laughs> <laughs> We'll think about it. We'll have to think about that. Anyway, everybody go to patreon.com slash gttupod to get more Guide to the Unknown. Once again, shout out and a huge thank you to Dead Meat. Go out there and subscribe to Dead Meat right now. You'll love it. You'll love it. Podcasts every Tuesday on all major podcast apps and YouTube, as well as the Kill Count every Friday. Thank you again to James and Chelsea yeah. uh, uh, for the shout out. It was so much fun to hear. If you like Guide to the Unknown, you're going to love Dead Meat. So go, go, go now. What are you waiting for? Uh, and if you yeah. want more Guide to the Unknown, always check out gttupod.com. You're going to get links to everything that we've got. We've got merchandise on tpublic.com slash user slash gttupod. You can get a shirt, a hat. Recently, this past week, we found out that somebody has been bootlegging oh my God, Guide to right. the Unknown shirts. Um, so weird. And all of our merch proceeds um, from Tee Public get donated to charities. We're just going to kind of keep an eye on what anti-racist charities need money as we get our payments. So if you buy some of that merch, your money's going to go to a good place. Yep. A spooky show trying to build a better future. Yeah. Um, so yeah, gttupod.com. Follow at gttupod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to keep up to date with every new release coming out there from us. Mm-hmm. You can also follow us online. That's right. I'm at Chillin' Kristen on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I am known as The Myth Traveler. Mm-hmm. So thank you all so much for hanging out with us for this episode about Skinwalker Ranch. We will be back next week for more spooky stories, urban legends with a pop culture culture bent but until that time comes we must travel back to the netherworlds go we we are in the spirit world